Hi there, you're listening to the Crunchy Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Rosie, traditional Catholic wife and mother, bringing you messages of hope and encouragement during these crazy times that we're in. Here we'll talk about faith, motherhood, and natural living, but also all the areas in between. I want to help you not just survive motherhood, but thrive in it. In this day and age, we have so many resources at the tip of our fingers if only we put in the effort. I am a firm believer in personal development and always striving to put our best foot forward. Sometimes that means the more technical matters like baby wearing or sleep training, but it also refers to the most important matters such as prayer life and living out the truths of our Catholic faith. While all these resources are nice, I also know that it can be a bit overwhelming knowing where to even begin. That's why I'm here to help you find the balance between all the things that come with mom life while also living out your Catholic faith in a way that is pleasing to God and effective to the development of your soul and the souls of your children. After all, that's why we're here. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, friends. We are in for an interesting episode today. This one's going to be a little bit scary, and I don't mean scary like the fun kind of scary. I mean like we are actually going to discuss the number one thing that we should fear in this life and in the next. Uh, Quick disclaimer, I think I'm getting a little bit of a scratchy throat. So if I sound a little different, it's fine. Um, But that's all that is. So during this Lenten season, of course, we all are giving lots of thought to the passion of Christ and everything that that entailed. And obviously, if you're listening to this not in real time, it's still completely relevant. We should not only think of the passion during Lenten season, but you know, year round, because that is the root of our faith and the root of our salvation. And when we think of the passion, if you have seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, which highly recommend if you haven't you can recall the they did a very excellent depiction of the devil and sometimes it can be almost like taboo to even say the devil like we shouldn't talk about the devil or we shouldn't say the word the devil we should say the enemy or something like that I think being ignorant of the existence of the devil and the mission of the devil is like the worst downfall we could have when it comes to being vigilant against the tactics of the devil and I might say the devil the enemy Lucifer all of the above he's out he's out to get us so the title of this you know do we fear the devil like our life depends on it because our life does not just our earthly life but literally our eternal life is dependent upon whether or not the devil will have his victory and I want to share kind of an analogy that I thought of a few weeks ago so if you follow me you know that I took a break from social media for Lent I've popped on a couple times for some bigger announcements but mostly I've been off and it's been a very good refresher a very good break from being, you know, addicted to my phone and going on so often. And I was finding that my level of mindfulness was able to be majorly, majorly increased. And if you're wondering what I mean by mindfulness, it's simply the practice of being extremely self-aware, like at any given moment. So when you're having a reaction to something like snapping out on your kids or maybe going and grabbing some chocolate because you just discovered some unpleasant news, maybe a bill that you missed or something that just kind of stressed you out and you go to like a coping mechanism without even realizing it, whether it's a snack or a treat 
or scrolling social media or snapping on your kids or laying down on the couch doing nothing, any of those things might be considered like a coping mechanism, like a numbing strategy because we don't want to think about what it was that stressed us out. And when I was on social media a lot, I was finding that I did go and scroll a lot of the time. If I didn't like what was currently happening, say my kid's not listening, the house a mess, something where I just was getting kind of stressed out, that would sometimes be a coping mechanism is I would go in a room and just like go on social media. And it's really, it's kind of vulnerable to admit that because it's not something I'm proud of, but I think more of us than we all realize are probably guilty of the same thing. And I say that from having others share that as well. So now that I've been off social media for the most part, I've been able to realize like how often that temptation was a tendency. Like now that I'm not doing it, I would realize, oh wow, normally I would be doing this, but instead I'm able to practice the mindfulness of like, okay, why am I stressed out right now? And the analogy that I want to give is that In those moments, it's typically the same circumstance that I get my biggest, like, I guess we're going to call them episodes, like stress episodes where all of a sudden my thoughts are just spiraling and I'm getting super frustrated and flustered and stressed out. And, you know, there's a high likelihood that I'm going to like either snap on my kids or just tune out. It's kind of the fight or flight reaction, or it's not kind of the fight or flight reaction. It is the fight or flight reaction. And I've been doing lots of reading on it, more to come on that. But what I was discovering was it is often the same exact circumstance. Me at home, not my husband. So it's like a day when he's at work, me at home with the kids, and we're trying to get too many things done, whether it's trying to clean the house or trying to get ready to go somewhere, or I'm trying to do something for my business, trying to juggle too many things. And all of a sudden, all the things are getting to me, the messy house, the lack of accomplishment on the to-do list, the kids not listening, and everything is just like this compounding effect. And the analogy that I'm realizing is that is when I am the most vulnerable to the devil. And that is when the temptation kicks in full-fledged. And the analogy is that you wouldn't walk down a dark alley by yourself. If it was a known, dangerous, dark alley, like there's literally history of crime in this dark alley, you wouldn't go down it alone. You would go either with someone to keep you safe, or maybe you would bring a gun, or maybe you wouldn't go unless it was light out etc. So the analogy of me being at home alone, I know it sounds weird to say being at home with my kids is the same as walking down a dark alley. That might sound really dark and depressing. And I don't mean that I don't absolutely love being at home with my kids, but the devil knows that me and my perfectionism mindset of getting really agitated when the house isn't clean and when they're not listening and when things aren't all going perfect, he knows, I have a track record, he knows that that is when I'm the most vulnerable and that if he wants to put all his energy into tempting me to feel so negative and resentful, he knows that he has a pretty good track record of being successful. And once I was able to discover that, I was so angry about it. I was like, how dare you take advantage of me walking down a dark alley? And by dark alley, I just mean being alone with my thoughts because I don't ever get these like stress episodes when my husband is home or when a friend is over or when I'm out somewhere else with my kids when there's others around. And it isn't even that I'm faking it when there's others around. It's not like I'm stifling these thoughts. The thoughts just don't even happen. And it's like an accountability aspect of having someone else there. If someone else is there, 
I'm not going to lash out. And it's not just because I have their help. It's simply because those thoughts just don't even cross my mind. And once I had that awareness, I realized, oh my goodness, it's like when I'm alone with my thoughts, the devil knows that I am extremely vulnerable and that he has a high chance of being successful with tempting me to these dark thoughts. And I hope this analogy isn't too abstract. I really hope that you can find some way that this relates to you. And I want to go over a few quotes from scripture that talk about the devil. And they actually just really like reinforce this idea. So the first one from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober and watch because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. Be sober and watch. That is like, hey, be vigilant. Don't slack off. And I want to look at that word sober. Like, what does it mean by that? Obviously, it doesn't just mean like, don't be drunk, <laughs> but it means be vigilant. Like, what would be a definition of not being fully sober? I'm going to say not being your fully mentally aware self. So what does it look like to be your fully mentally aware self? Having good rest, having good vitamins, moving your body, maybe waking up and doing your prayers, waking up and listening to a good podcast, whatever it takes to be your best self. That is what you need to put effort into so that you can be sober and watch so that he doesn't get you. And on the flip side, not being sober. So maybe some poor sleep and granted as mothers, sometimes we don't always have control over our sleep, but sometimes we do like going to bed earlier or resting throughout the day if we can, even if it's little spurts of time, but having good rest, being good on your vitamins. If we're not doing that, and we're just in this really grouchy, like mental fog, it's that much easier for him to be successful with tempting us to these negative thoughts. And I really feel like that scripture just is reflective of the alley analogy. This next one from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 14. For such false apostles are deceitful workmen, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. And that is crazy. That is scary. That is where I feel like it's very pertinent to these times that we're living in where there are some scary things out there, whether it's, you know, big name celebrities or music coming out or different things that you might be drawn to, where we just really, really, really have to stay on top of asking ourselves, you know, is this good for me? Is this something I should be consuming? Because the world is out to get us right now. Like we have to be on our toes. So if there's anything that is harmful toward our salvation and the salvation of our kids and the example that we set for them and for others, it's a no-go. And this one I'm sure you've heard of from John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So literally the devil's one and only mission is to get your soul. And I'm going to share quickly this this dream I had a few weeks ago. I shared it on Facebook and everyone was like, oh my goodness. Now, this is where the specifically Catholic aspect comes into play. But with regards to praying your daily rosary, I have tried to be very consistent with not ever missing a day. There might be days here and there where I have missed. But recently, a few weeks ago, I was kind of lazy that day and I did not pray my rosary until bedtime. So I literally was like, oh, I'll just pray it right before bed. And instead of like sitting up and praying it or kneeling down and praying it, I just was so sleepy and I told myself, oh, it's fine. I'll stay awake. And I laid down and before you know it, I'm closing my eyes, still telling myself, I'll stay awake. I'll stay awake. It's fine. It's fine. And I remember finishing, I think it was the fourth decade. So I had literally one decade left and I was like, okay, I'm still awake enough. Like it's fine. My eyes were shut. And then before I knew it, 
I saw like this dark figure in the distance. It looked like a wolf and it was running toward me faster and faster and faster. All of a sudden it jumped at me, lunged at me, transformed, spread its wings and was the devil staring me in the face, lunged at my face. And that jolted me awake. Oh my goodness. It was this crazy dream. I literally fell asleep and like in an instant had that terrifying dream that jolted me awake. My heart was racing. I was all sweaty. I sat up and I was like breathing heavy. I was like, oh my goodness. That was terrifying and very realistic. And boy, am I going to sit up and finish my rosary devoutly. And it was such a good lesson and reminder of like even not finishing the rosary. And I know some people say if you fall asleep while praying, like you still get the merits for it. I don't really, I don't think we should take that too much to an extreme. Like if you're saying night prayers and you fall asleep, that's one thing. But to not finish your daily rosary, which we know how many wonderful graces and merits we get from praying the rosary, I don't think we should fall into the habit of that. So I was very grateful for that eye-opening moment to have a lesson learned of being more vigilant about praying my daily rosary. And this last bit of scripture that I want to share is actually going to be quite a few verses, but this is the most like... It's just timeless and so pertinent to our times and really, really brings everything home as far as what I've shared here in this episode. This is from Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 through 20. Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the deceits of the devil. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the world of this darkness, against the spirits of wickedness in the high places. Therefore, take unto you the armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and to stand in all things perfect. Stand before having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of justice in your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I want to stop here for a moment so that you don't tune out since I'm just reading a bunch of scripture and say, you know, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So waking up and starting our day with getting into the word and having our spiritual reading because these things are, you know, the armor of God. And when we're going through that dark alley, we're no longer alone because we're bringing God with us and the graces and the merits that we received from having that spiritual reading already having taken place that morning. And that's why it's so important to not just do spiritual reading whenever you get around to it, but to make a very firm effort to make it a habit of doing it first thing when you wake up so that you're not putting on the armor of God as you're already halfway through the dark alley, but you are literally putting it on before you even enter that alley. Okay, continuing on the scripture reading, in all things taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the most wicked one. So I literally just picture this analogy, like you're going through the alley and the devil is firing darts at you, but you are repelling them because you are wearing the armor of God. And take unto you the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, by all prayer and supplication, praying at all times in the spirit and in the same, watching with all instance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that speech may be given me that I may open my mouth with confidence to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in a chain so that therein I may be bold to speak according as I ought. I hope that is so super encouraging for you to get into the word and your spiritual reading every single day so that you can put on the armor of God, whether you're going to be at home or whether you're going out into the world so that you can be the light for your children or for others, wherever your life may carry you. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a good and holy rest of your Lent season and God bless you. 
Hey friend, I know your time is valuable, so I sincerely appreciate you tuning in today. If you feel so inclined, I always appreciate reviews on the podcast and I will always welcome shout outs on social media. My Instagram handle as well as private Facebook community are both linked in the show notes. Or what would be the most helpful is if you could just keep me and my mission here with the Crunchy Catholic in your prayers. I would appreciate that above all else. And of course, you my friends are always in my prayers. God bless you.